All right. Hi. Hello. Welcome to the very first episode ever of Uncomfortable Truths and Harebrained Schemes. I am Megan Garcia, aka Maggie, aka Little Baby Yoda, aka Air Dancer, and I will be doing this show with my best friend who is David. Just David. Just David. That I love that you have such a name that you can get away with going by just just David and everybody in the world knows who you are. I'm just David. There's no other Davids out there. That's, that's amazing. No, there's so many Davids, but I'm just David. You're just David. Okay. So, do you want to tell everybody what Uncomfortable Truths and Hairbrain Schemes is about? Or would you like me to tell them what Uncomfortable Truths and Hairbrain Schemes are? No, I'll tell about it. Um, so, we, we've been having uh, Maggie and I, a.k.a. Little Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Snake, have regular discussions just about everything and anything uh and we we were talking about how basically you know what there are so many things out there that people just are so set in their ways or don't like to think about because they're just these things that are just incredibly uncomfortable they're like i don't want to you know i know that's probably real but i don't want to talk about it i don't want to think about it it's this is just the way it is and then you know we got to talking that it, basically it, i have a tendency to sometimes bring up these uncomfortable truths like did you know this is what this is made out of and maggie's like yeah. It, what was that TV show that was on Adam Ruins Adam Everything? Adam Ruins Everything. Um, you're very similar to yeah. Adam. And then the hairbrain schemes is me. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> which is like, I am a hairbrain yeah. scheme. <laughs> Constantly coming up with ideas that are like, it's, it's like, you know, what if we just did this? It just might work. It might be a thing. It's the thing that most people would look and be like, no, 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 don't even, listen, we're focused on the way things are. And let's not even go down that path because it doesn't make any sense and it's it just won't work. Okay. So before we get into our very first uncomfortable truth, I think that we should cheers everybody that may be listening. And so tell us what you're drinking, David Christopher. I'm drinking a uh, 2021 Diet Coke out of the can. That is amazing. I am cracking open a lovely... IPA called Cosmic Lust from Cloudburst Brewery here in Seattle. Mm -hmm. So if you want to pause this, grab something delicious to drink, either with alcohol or without alcohol, nobody's going to judge. Uh, go ahead and pause this now. In the meantime, I'm going to take a sip, a sip and, and listen to David Christopher tells me the amazing stories that he has stored in his phone right now. So one of the things that we've been talking about, and I think it's, it's super appropriate right now in the time we live in, where everybody is just so divided and everything politically is like left or right, and it's just all or nothing. And sometimes we forget to talk about how a lot of, where all the presidents are, they're just people. All these politicians are just people. And, and what do those friendships look like? And what are some of the kind of surprising friendships, you know, that we hear about? And I think some of the ones that I've been interested in lately are the ones that really started, I think, with uh, the Clintons and the Bushes and, and have led all the way up to prior to, you know, the most recent elections. Um, you know, we had with uh, George H.W. Bush, he was, he was an interesting guy uh, in, in how kind of firm he was coming out of the Reagan administration. And he and Bill Clinton, when Bill Clinton ran against him, they were just ardent opponents. I know that uh, Bill Clinton consistently referred to George H.W. Bush as old. 
and con- constantly kind of threw that in his face. And then, well, that's because the way the elections have always been done. It's yeah. a smear campaign going as far back as was it? Um, it was Thomas Jefferson, yep. and there was a smear campaign in which they were making claims that he was parts of male and female. He could not be trusted to be able to properly run a country. So these type of smear campaigns are something that we are used to. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of interesting to then take a look after all is said and done. There's like this club and it's the club of the former presidents, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it actually, I think the club of the former presidents came out because of Clinton and uh, George H. W. Bush. I'll have to look it up, but I think that's what they call. That's when the President's Club sort of kind of was involved. Well, I mean, also to be fair, not for nothing. Um, a lot of the presidents haven't lived very long yeah, after yeah, they've yeah. gotten out of office in order to have like these um, a brotherhood of sorts because we've only had men. Yeah. Um. In in office. Um. And I think that there's like there there is a very very unique bond you know, with these older gentlemen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you, you, you love talking about these, um, relationships. I know because you <laughs> tell me about them yeah. on a regular basis. Oh my God. Did you hear about these two? What they, <laughs> what they got into last weekend? Tell me more. <laughs> it's funny though, that you brought up just about like that old kind of like smear campaigns. And it makes you think about like, that was way worse than things are now. I mean, there's like things get flung around, but like, oh, it yeah. was, it was like, they went here's, here's what here's what I want to point out. So we oftentimes will see like Facebook posts or things, you know, and it's not it's not fair to to just say that it's targeted towards a specific demographic. No. You see a lot of of people talking about like I miss the old days. You you see those of us that are have the misfortune of being in our forties already, which yeah. by the way is rude. I did not <laughs> sign up to be 40 already. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm 23. But we talk about, like, oh, our kids, they don't know what they're missing out. Like, the toys in the Happy Meal boxes, like, back in the day were, like, the jam. You would get, like, Play-Doh. Now you get, like, a toy that breaks yeah. in, like, two seconds. So I think everybody, regardless of age, race, gender, mm-hmm. everybody talks about, like, these days of yore and so it is kind of interesting because when people talk about um i guess how polished politicians were you know back in the day um i feel like it was for a brief moment in american history like maybe from like 1910 until (laughs) like very recently that was like that was like the the golden era of of politicians and for all intents and purposes, also, there wasn't, like, a 24-hour news spin going on with social media. Where, that is true. Like, anytime somebody sneezed, that like, is you true. heard about it. So, But you did have William Randolph Hearst, like, manipulating things. He famously got America into um, the Spanish-American yeah, yeah, yeah. War yeah. because he had interest in the sugarcane fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, it's all this stuff. It's something that has been around. Mm-hmm. It just presents itself in a different way. And I think that's where kind of like the uncomfortable truth is a lot of times is that people don't like to admit that some of these things are around. So I don't know, like jumping into with I guess Clinton and, and Bush. Okay, so tell us tell us first 
which friendship would you like to tell us more about, David? Christmas? So there's a few friendships that I want to talk about, and they're the ones in most of our recent memories. But let's start off with Clinton and Bush. Because... Okay, and if I can pause you real sure. quick. If you guys hear clicky clacking, um, we have Pomeranians, and they wear high heels around our house. So yeah, I keep trying to break them of that habit. I personally was raised in Okinawa, Japan, so everybody must remove their shoes when they come into my house. However, you tell that to Pomeranians. Yeah, seriously. Ill-mannered. So, so on the, we were talking about like kind of when Clinton and Bush were uh, campaigning against each other. Got, got, I guess, nasty. George H.W. Bush would call Clinton Bozo. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, Clinton was consistently referring to uh, Bush as being old. But, you know, one of the things that started... Right at the advent of Clinton's administration, there was still some smearing that went off after this, but it was like a real sign of like some things to come. Is George H. W. Bush started this tradition of leaving a note on the desk of a president? Did it really start with him? It did. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I mean, I've, I've read a number of articles that said so, and what I know is that everything you read on so that is wasn't true. that wasn't like a tradition of like was. previous presidents leaving letters for. The but, next. No, I think George. I think George H. W. Bush. Yeah, that just seems like a tradition <laughs> because, like, think about everything that happens in the White House. It's it's so rich and full of tradition. There's mm-hmm. a protocol for everything. Yeah. Um. Maybe not as fancy pants as like, you know, Buckingham protocols. Um. I'm excited to one day stay at Windsor Castle because mm-hmm. when you stay at Windsor Castle and you stay, <laughs> I I don't. Have we entered that competition to try to get that be a thing? Yeah. Oh, for me to to be invited yeah. over to the royal family. Yes, because when you go visit them, like they take your luggage and they unpack everything for you, mm-hmm. which they do in super fancy things. Mm-hmm. I don't know this. Firsthand, you have stayed in fancy pants places. Sure. Um, more than I have. Sure. I, I know this from watching the Real Housewives of whatever city you want to insert here, in, in, in which they go on lavish vacations and they um, have their clothes put away by like the staff in the hotel and mm-hmm. stuff. But when you go visit the queen, they also will pack for you, and everything that they pack, every garment, is wrapped in white tissue paper and then placed neatly into your suitcase. I know what you're thinking. It's like $3.99 for no. a pack of white tissue paper. Yeah. Like I could go to Target and do it myself. Is that just the standard service when you go there? Or I think that's upgrade? a standard service. So here, oh, I have a I have a harebrained scheme for you. Okay. I travel more often than you do because True. I am obsessed with Arcade Fire mm-hmm. and Fanagram and um, anybody that knows me knows this to be a fact. So I travel more than you. Um, if I were to buy white tissue paper, would you be willing to fold all of my clothes and me? put them in a suitcase for me? So I can have that Buckingham, <laughs> Buckingham Palace experience. <laughs> Listen, so I, I am a domestic goddess. You I are stay a at home. You are I a do the dishes guy. and vacuum the floors with our Roomba. So the Roomba <laughs> vacuums our floors. I push the button that makes it go. But I don't know if I can go all the way to that. So, okay. But going to the presidents, the presidents actually didn't get that sort of kind of like treatment before. I think that what they've had as a tradition is they've had kind of like they've walked with each other to yeah. the inauguration. They did that kind of symbolic, peaceful transition of I power. feel like there at least had to be like a sit-down meeting of some sort. Like it wasn't just like, you, you know, like Reagan left and then like 
Bush came in once he had moved everything mm-hmm. out. I think there was some sort of conversation or something. Probably. What I do know is that... Let's build a time machine. And go find... We can Let's do that. Let's go find out. That is another harebrained scheme. So, <laughs> Bill Clinton uh, defeats George H.W. Bush. Uh, George H.W. Bush uh, is a one-term president, and Bill Clinton comes in, but George H.W. Bush handles himself with decorum and grace, and, you know, uh, as Bill Clinton walks into the office, the Oval Office, for the first time, he sees a note from uh, from Bush. This is Dear Bill. They're, they know each other on first name. Well, first yeah, name. I mean, what is he going to be like? Dear William Jefferson I, I, Clinton. Well, he, he was in the process, he was in the habit of calling him Bozo, right? so I think it would have been like, Dear Bozo. Oh, Dear Bozo. <laughs> so he said, Dear Bill, when I walked into this Not o- Bubba, because that was what he was referred to. Do you remember? By the ladies. No, no, <laughs> no. They were just like, "Hey, Bill." <laughs> um, no, I feel like it was like Jay Leno would refer to him as Bubba. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of adorable. He <laughs> says, "Dear Bill, when I walked into this office just now, I felt the same sense of wonder and respect that I felt four years ago. I know you will feel that too. I wish you great happiness here. I never felt the loneliness some presidents have described." There will be some very tough times, made even more difficult by criticism you may not think is fair. I'm not very good one to give advice, but you don't let the critics discourage you or push you off course. You will be our president when you read this. I wish you well. I wish your family well. Your success now is our country's success. I am rooting hard for you. Good luck, George. That's a great letter. Is there a special school that you have to go to once you become president? where you learn how to write presidential letters. Because if I were to write that letter, I'd be like, Dear Bill, congratulations on the win. Whatever. Yeah. Um, please try not to get Big Mac sauce all over the curtains. And, like, I don't know. Don't be dumb. It may be a Prescott Bush thing. I don't know. Because years later, I'm going to jump ahead. Because oh. we were going to talk about this. But um, when Barack Obama uh, won... Uh, Bush W. left Barack a note. It was really nice. And it said, uh, Dear Barack, congratulations on becoming our president. You have just begun a fantastic chapter in your life. Very few have had the honor of knowing the responsibility you now feel. Very few know the excitement of the moment and the challenges you will face. There will be trying moments. The critics will rage. Your friends will disappoint you. And friends is in quotes in this letter, by the way. But you will have Almighty God to comfort you, a family who loves you, and a country that is pulling for you, including me. No matter what comes, you will be inspired by the character and compassion of the people you now lead. God bless you. Sincerely, G.W. So they, I think there is there is this tradition of that, you know. And, and I, that was I, a nice letter. I want, I want to kind of dig it. I, I didn't check up on this, but I'm sure Bill Clinton left uh, Bush something. I don't, I don't know. I mean, was... no, all I've ever heard about was that Clinton's staff stole all the W's off of the keyboard, which is actually kind of a playful <laughs> thing. It's not horrible. Which, I mean, like, it's... sure, like it's just like ah, Clinton ad, yeah, you know. But I mean, also super petty, and as someone who's queen of pettiness. I'm not going to lie and say that I don't appreciate that type of, like, like school-age shenanigans. Um, I think it was, like, very tongue-in-cheek. But I am now I am interested in knowing whether or not there was a letter, and especially if you think back to it, because that was my first 
presidential election to vote in mm-hmm. was the Gore v. Bush, right? Yeah. And we yep. know we know how yep. how that all ended. And just with like the controversy, the hanging chads, the yeah. the like Miami Dade County, how like familiar we are <laughs> with that county yeah. specifically in in um, Florida post two thousand election. Yeah. Um I wonder what that letter would have looked like from Bill Clinton just because he was supporting his VP and not, not that like the president and VP are like totally BFFs, which I thought, I thought, I thought they were totally BFFs and I thought like the president and vice president would like go and have lunch with each other. No, no, no. Stop (laughs) being, no, 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 what? That's just ridiculous. I knew they didn't live together. I just... Or like I, next door. I just felt like... Well, if anybody knows you and your best friend, Brandon J. Carr, mm-hmm. in real life, I always kind of felt like the president and vice president had like a best friendship like that. Mm-hmm. Like it was like slumber party. Yeah. <laughs> Let's man, stay totally. late in the Lincoln bedroom. Um, that apparently is not how that works. And I'm disappointed. Yeah. I don't know. I have no. We haven't. We haven't. I haven't really looked into I haven't been president presidents yet. or yeah. I haven't done that either yet. We'll we'll do that. I'll let um, you know when I get there. So, but like, so these these <laughs> this you know this is just kind of showing like these relationships that some of these presidents have kind of uh, initiated. Kind of also showing that even despite a lot of these political divides, that sometimes get really nasty, can still be cordial and decent. And I miss it. Um, but what has like you know what was really neat? It started really when I when these uh, friendships started was when uh, the hurricane. Uh, it was not the hurricane, the tsunami. The tsunami yeah. uh, when it hit uh, Southeast Asia. And at that point, I remember hearing something about it, but I read a lot but about even it. Even if I may, I, I feel like once Clinton left the White House, I feel like even in the middle of uh, W's two terms, that mm. we were already seeing Bill and uh, Bush Senior yeah. working together and doing things, you know, as as the presidents. I mean, Jimmy Carter. I feel like I feel like they would invite him. Like I think he's totally invited to the party, but they totes get it because because he he old. Yeah, but it's what he's doing Peace Corps stuff and seeing UFOs. No, it was uh, Habitat for Humanity. Habitat that for Humanity. Yeah, that was his mama jam. Yeah. Um. So, but I I do feel like I kind of recall seeing. This relationship that was developing, maybe even in its like early stages with Bush Senior and Bill Clinton, and and it really, I think it really does have to do with um, the fact that our modern presidents are significantly younger mm-hmm. than our previous. Presidents, oh, for sure, yeah. You know? And that's why that's why we're seeing more of this like brotherhood, yeah. and and they really are the only ones that know firsthand. Yeah what it is like to to yeah. to be the president of the United yeah. States to be the most par- powerful person in the world um that's that, that, a lot of pressure oh absolutely but i think that tradition of that tradition of the old i mean the young presidents that kind of went out the door with trump and now biden those are like the two oldest they, presidents they are, we've ever we've had we've now gone back to, like, to yeah. having older presidents um but you're you're right of course the one friendship that I do want to talk about is the one that has become like super 
we will get to that. Oh, you want to get to that? Yeah, okay. no, 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 no. I wanted to just give a gr- brief overview a brief of this. So overview. we've got, we've got, and guys. So if you know me, like I'm verbose. Brief overview means just grab dinner if you need to, because we're gonna be here. Well, for we're a while. 20 minutes into this podcast, we'll and you this. and you like are just still in your introductory paragraph. No, 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 no. I'm not. No, not at all. So, so <laughs> fast forward. Long story short. Bush and um, and Clinton, after Katrina, really get involved in uh, no. I'm sorry, Bush and Clinton is is uh, W and Clinton. Uh, George H W Bush and Clinton actually do the AIDS crisis stuff. They're doing a lot of stuff regarding AIDS in Africa, and they're 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 doing a tremendous amount of things, and that actually continues throughout the tsunami, and then even into Katrina. Um, and so when all that happens, you know, you you have them kind of work together and they actually end up developing this really, really strong friendship with each other. And you begin to see that kind of in some of these pictures and some of the interviews. If you look on the line, you can see some of these like fantastic interviews that, um, uh, were done between Clinton and... There's a respect amongst the individuals and, and it's no longer party lines at that point. I feel it's like you survived being president. And I survived being president. Yeah. So that friendship did continue through, and, and, and it went all the way till uh, uh, Bush Sr.'s passing. Um, and I think uh, uh, Clinton gave just an amazing eulogy about um, about Bush and kind of what a great statesman statesman was, and, and what a good friend he was. Right. Um, so. Anyway, so after after that happened, we got Bush in office, and you know everyone made all their Bush jokes, and and but at the same time, there was that continued relationship between his dad and um, and Clinton, and after Bush uh, W left, um, he and um, he and Clinton actually had uh, he got kind of invited to the the former presidents club, the pre- the presidents club you're talking about. Well, yeah, I um, mean, I would hope that. So. Can you? Can you imagine if, if like, there was a club that your dad was a member of mm-hmm. and, like, you had all the qualifications mm-hmm. to be in that club and, like, your dad didn't invite you into the club? I think like, that's why, I think that's why Bush, why W left that letter for Barack. He's like, see, I, I did it. So, and, and you'll see now, I mean, like, look how favorably even Bush has looked at now in history. I mean, he was a very... You know, um, so uh, it's, it's, you know, they had that friendship, but then even, and I want to, I'm going to let you talk about a very special friendship. I know that's kind of my space. So I'm going to let you talk about it. Um, but I do want to talk about, nobody really talks about the friendship between Barack Obama and, um, and George H.W. Bush. I had no idea I, about this. I had no idea. Yeah. At the, Tell so more, yeah, Garcia. Barack, um, what our first name? Not super close because you didn't call him Barry. No, 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 not that close. I'm not absurd. Anyway, so um, they they actually um, they had quite a bit of discourse, uh, even on policy things. Uh, Barack Obama did actually turn to George H. W. Bush um, on a couple occasions just to get his perspective on a few things. But it became abundantly clear when George H. W. Bush was 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 dying. So in the in the last days of uh, George H. W. Um, uh, getting ready to pass. I know that Barack Obama was actually going to visit him in the hospital, actually seeing how he was doing, and they were kind of continuing this relationship. And um, it, it's, it was very similar to H.W.'s uh, treatment of Clinton when Clinton was hospitalized with his cardiovascular things. And when that happened, 
uh, Bush was uh, was senior, was consistently going and calling the hospital, saying, how is he? How's everything going? What's going on? To the point where they started calling him Dr. Bush uh, because he kept on checking on Clinton. I have literally never heard this story before, mm-hmm. and you tell me so many stories. Mike, I've heard... So many stories that I never want to hear, and yet this is the first I'm hearing about this. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Some of the quotes were, how do you feel? What do your doctors say? Are you sore? How much can you exercise? Are you using the treadmill? He kept on, like, just checking on Aww. content. He's like, so he was, again, that that whatever divide and that kind of bond over that that friendship um, was there. So... Um, they, they've all, they've all kind of built this club of these, these strong, at this point, men who have run the countries, but there is a particular relationship that does exist. And Megan, I know you've been really wanting to talk about, so you can talk about, yes, the, the besties. Um, I guess one of, it's not really an uncomfortable truth. Um, well, I guess it is is. depending on your perspective, you can either view it as an uncomfortable truth or you can be on my side and find it totally endearing to see absolutely the friendship between W and Michelle Obama, first lady Michelle Obama. Um, it's super endearing because you could not have two people that are so polar opposites of like political opinions and stuff, a hundred percent different, like, you know demographic background everything about them um you know just that like bush came from money and michelle obama i am not gonna lie i don't know i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like i know everything about michelle obama mm-hmm. other than dude she's got a wicked taste in fashion mm-hmm. like for real like well and i'm not wardrobe gonna, goals i'm not gonna take away your kind of explanation of the story but, but I, yeah but um i think what is really sweet is is just to see this mutual like affection and admiration for each other and um it's it's kind of i feel like everybody is aware of this because you see it's not i'm not certainly not the first person to to like become aware of this um you see this posted all the time online but it's getting to the point now where even at our most recent inauguration Mm -hmm. like i was watching the tv and i was like looking for w and michelle obama to see each other because they are so ridiculously cute like he is so smitten with michelle obama Mm. like she is the cat's pajamas well and she seems to just adore him too like 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 i just want to know and it's not a romantic thing it's just like no no no. it's just like an endearing thing yeah where it's like they really like each other um, I just, I want to know what they're talking about. Like, how did this even start? Like, who, who made the first joke? That's yeah, what who I made the first know. joke. Like, who, who, like, who, who? I like, think it was the, the I think it was the cough drop thing, right? Where, uh, that's like that. That's how it started. Like Michelle Obama was, or no, no, I, yeah, there was some cough drop that got extended between one of them and 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 then a friendship was formed. yeah for, was formed out of a cough drop. If anything, I just love all of like the memes and like yeah. the photographs of them like sitting together in non COVID times, um, and just like like I want to sit next to them. I want to be in on the joke. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like that. That's why all of these are kind of uncomfortable truths right now. The uncomfortable truth is is that I feel like we are being conditioned Mm -hmm. to like 
think a certain way about certain things. And so it is nice sometimes to see these like powerful figures of living history mm-hmm. and, and see that they can put aside all of their differences yeah. and like move forward in what they feel is the best interest of the country. Would you say they're leading by example? I would say that's kind of a I, word. <laughs> I, I for sure do yeah. feel like they're leading by example. Yeah. Um and and it's it's nice and I wanna see this this keep moving forward. Yeah. Um I we don't know what's gonna happen in the future, but um it it is nice to see that that they have joined together and yeah. it's like this super endearing like club. Jimmy Carter has not been coming to these presidents' clubs. Like, you know he's been invited because there have been a few pictures. Right, but, but he's, he's like kind of like bowing out. He, I don't know well, no, because he's in his nineties. So is Biden. <laughs> no, but he's not part of that True. club yet. Yeah, I know. He's so quiet. You. For the record, I think that Biden is in his early seventies, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're still mm. yeah. But no, yes, Jimmy but Carter is he's like somewhere in the decade of seventies. Yeah, I mean, again, and I just... Uh, Which you know, because you're almost as old as him. True. George H.W. Bush was jumping out of planes when he was, like, in his hundreds, wasn't he? Like, <laughs> like in his yeah, like he, yeah, he turned, like, 90. Which I have to point out something. So, he was jumping out of airplanes for the thrill of it, right? Yeah. And because oh, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a Navy pilot and stuff like Homie, you survived World War Two. Like, yeah. like you legitimately had to like jump out of airplanes to like save your life. Yeah. You do this in your nineties. I just, I'll never agree to jumping out of airplanes, um, <laughs> because I'm terrified of flying. I don't know. You've gotten really good. You started watching I, true crime stuff. That is true. Well, I mean, next step it, is jumping out of planes. Let's be honest. It's Bailey Sarian's fault. Mm-hmm. I love makeup. I am somewhat of a narcissist because she makes jokes that are like legit jokes that I make all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's other you. You you have also put that in my head, being mm-hmm. convinced that she's other me. Yeah. Uh, me with way more tattoos. Yeah, you can fix that. Not if I don't want to be grounded by my mom. I'm like 30. You can... <laughs> I'm like 30. <laughs> okay, I wish. Um. But I don't even know where we're going. We went down, basically what I was explaining is that like... rabbit hole. Well, no, no, I was saying like, uh, you know, you have, you know, jumped, you've made that leap of faith and gone into true crime, just like George H.W. Bush jumped out of planes at a thousand years Oh, that's true. Something, I I don't feel like that's where we're going, but we'll go with that. We're here now. That's all that matters. Um... Yeah, so I I do think that the uncomfortable truth is really just kind of admitting that people can have a difference of opinions mm-hmm. and they can still get over themselves. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, everybody it... needs to get over themselves. You need to get over yourself. Mm-hmm. I need to get mm-hmm. over myself. Lady Bird needs to get over For herself. A hundred percent. Like, get over yourself, Lady Bird. Um, and... Like it's not about being harsh or anything yeah. like that, um. But I, but I do, I, I just find it very interesting, yeah. um, to see like you'll see like now you see the three of them. You see Clinton, Bush, and Obama, and Michelle because she's there too now all the time. You know, wherever uh, there, there was there, their spouses are always there too. Sure. But you don't see them in a group. No, no. I think, yeah, no, and it, yeah, again, just to the uncomfortable truths, I mean, what I've seen from a lot of this is just that 
I think we've become so firm in how we think about things that it's just so it's all of this one side or nothing. And I think unfortunately it's, 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 we've gotten the habit of being like, you're either on this team and how could that even possibly be true? I don't want to acknowledge that they are friends, you know? Right. So, but this brings us to kind of the next point, which is, is not about uncomfortable truths, but kind of harebrained schemes that came out of politics, right? And that is Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill. So if you aren't familiar with Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill because you were born after 1980, (laughs) um, uh, Tip O'Neill was the Speaker of the House. So he had the job that is now being done by Nancy Pelosi and then Ronald Reagan, of course, being the president. um, And, you know, now we have President Biden. Mm -hmm. So um, they hated each other. Politically. Vehemently. They were very, very vocal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, like, Tip O'Neill was um, quoted as all these tax cuts that are uh, that were being made during Reagan's administration uh, was basically going to be like a, quote, gigantic Christmas party for the rich. And they did a lot of, um, I mean, they said a lot of things like slamming each other. Mm-hmm. Which we're very familiar with. We see it happen in, in in modern times all the time. You see the president fighting the Speaker of the House. Was it know? as hardcore though when you're when they're making these things saying like either side saying this is going to be the end of America. This is going to destroy the country. This is going to make things way worse I, than they've ever been. I think that in some ways. It did. Okay. Like, let's. That's not let's a new thing. Like, that's not a. That's not a th- new thing. But let's maybe look at people, the way things were phrased, yeah. the way things people said. Maybe were presented mm. in a more polished, like, way. Yeah. I, I guess is the best way to to say those things. Yeah. With like Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan, but they truly politically hated each other. Just that they were the absolute worst. I basically Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston, if you will. But like at the executive <laughs> level. At the executive level. Of, but so they just smeared each other and were just the worst yeah, to each other. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of like, I'm not doing this. Why? Because you told me to. And um, at the end of the day, though, there was um, this thing where Tip O'Neill would go to the White House. After six o'clock for drinks, and that's kind of like every day, I, or like often. No, I don't think it was. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's like when we meet up with our neighbors yeah. at Beer Star. Yeah. Like I, I think that maybe it wasn't like a one-time thing. I'm not because I keep I'm thinking of the sure. Barack Obama. Remember the beer summit thing when? Oh, Joe the Plumber. Oh, was it Joe the Plumber and Beer Summit? Was it? No, no, no. You're right. There was a, there was a beer summit. Something happened. He's there's like, some, come over and have a beer. Yeah, there's some sort of publicity stunt. So, yeah. anyways, but this the this one was on the regular. This was, I, I think, some a semi regular basis. Okay. I can't speak for sure because I am not Ronald Reagan, nor am I Tip o- O'Neill, nor was I old enough to even have a job. Yeah. Back then, yeah. <laughs> I was an infant. Um, was this during their first camp? Was this during the first election? Was, well. So Tip O'Neill was the Speaker of the House mm-hmm. for most of Reagan's terms. Okay. Um, he was there for the majority of it. I think he did retire um, during Reagan's second term. Mm, okay. 
Um, but they would have drinks together and hated each other politically, but somehow made it work. And yeah. there was like this famous quote of um, somebody on like O'Neill's staff making a comment to uh, pre- then President Reagan. Um, well, you know, something about like everything has to go in O'Neill's favor because they were kind of like hosting, mm-hmm. I guess. And then President Reagan was like, ah, ah, I was told, I was told like all bets were off after mm-hmm. six o'clock. Come here. And it was basically two men sitting down having drinks and being like, what did they drink? Was one of them having a Diet Coke and the other one a cosmic, um, lust? lust yeah. Um, I want to say, yeah. Okay. Totally. The cool. official drinks of people making um, all these political decisions. Yeah. So that is the only way that anything, not the only way, but that was kind of like the major way that things were kind of settled politically yeah. during Reagan's administration. That he and Tiffany, Tiff O'Neill would have cocktail hour, which like, mm-hmm. thanks for the invite. Like, I, that's my favorite hour of the day is cocktail, cocktail hour. hour. Um. Like you get your snacks, you get your drink. It's amazing. I love it. And Beautiful. if you think about it, that's how we, that's how like generally like people live, right? Like you have a long day, all kinds of nonsense is happening, like work, whatever. There may even be like disagreements in the house. And then at the end of the day, you're like, all right, let's just settle down. Right. Let's just talk like normal people. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. And so, um, the reason I consider that a harebrained scheme is that yeah. at some point that was proposed. Mm-hmm. At some point, I don't know if it was President Reagan. I don't know if it was Speaker O'Neill. I don't know whomever it was. I don't even know if it was, like, an intern. Somebody at some point was like, hey, guys, hear me out. What do you think if you guys get together and have a drink and settle all these matters that it's everything's out of control um everyone's like no way um and somehow it works Mm -hmm. which contradicts everything i have learned from the real housewives because you always have like these two women and Mm -hmm. they have like the biggest beef with each other and then somebody's like you know what you should do you two just need to get together and like sit down with a glass of wine and just talk it through because we can't live like this anymore and it's upsetting and you guys just need to like work it out. One of you fed us crickets at the last pizza thing. That was on the Real Housewives of Dallas and that is not something that happens frequently. I appreciate Tiffany. I like it too. Yeah, no, no. I'm I'm on team Tiffany, please. Um, But it never works out in the Housewives because you see them just getting in fights and there is nothing more entertaining um it just it's spoiled fasc- people arguing fascinating <laughs> than like these like super wealthy like wasted yeah drunky pants like old women like getting into fights yeah like they keep they keep like trying to bring in women like that are even younger than i am now yeah. and it, it, but it's always it's always the women in like their 50s and 60s that are like super established are they like stuck in their ways or like i don't know, I don't know. maybe they just can't handle their alcohol i don't know yeah. i don't know i just it's uncomfortable this goes, but this goes back to the the harebrained schemes i just out of curiosity when they were doing when it was Tip O'Neill and Reagan kicking back and having their cosmic lust and Diet Coke, 
Um, was this something that was like immediately out in the public? Was it a publicity center or did this come out more later on or in the news or something through anecdotes? I, well, again, because I was a small child. True. I don't remember, but. Did you not pay attention to the news when you were four? Again, child. Mm. Um, But in my research, I kind of just feel like there was no publicity stunt. I could be wrong, so please, nicely correct me. Don't, like, put me down and and stuff. And if you you hear this, please correct me. But I do feel like it was something that kind of happened that people knew was Mm -hmm. happening, but it wasn't, like, the sitting down and having a beer, like publicity stuff. No, but I, I mean, I think even publicity stunts can go two ways, right? Like even if it's a, even if it's like the, I look at the the beer summit that Barack Obama had when they had that thing. Like I look at that as an overt publicity stunt, but I don't For necessarily. Sure, I don't look at like, it though as. I mean, a, but every, it's not a bad thing. It's, I think it was a good way to every, say like every president does sure. some sort of publicity no. Stunt. But what I'm saying, like, there's two kinds of publicity stunts. There's one that says like call attention to me or let me show on a leadership basis, like. Let me demonstrate something publicly no, to show. No, no, no. I, ha- I do have to disagree okay. with you there because I don't think that previous presidents were doing things that was attention to okay. on me. I think it was attention to get whatever it was that they were sure. trying to get, like the agenda. But That's it, what I, I was meaning. I, don't, I wasn't talking about like an ego. I was talking I, about more like kind of... I mean, obviously there's a level of mm-hmm. narcissism in mm-hmm. any person that runs for the president sure. of the United States because you think, you think I... I'm the perfect candidate. Mm-hmm. I have the best ideas. Yeah. I'm, I can unite this country. I can I just don't think you've everything. Had, I don't think you can be bothered to do all that paperwork. Oh, me? That's why. Me? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I don't. You're no, like, I, I don't would never be president. Can we do that tomorrow? Yeah. Um, there was there was like a hilarious like um, like snarky comments mm-hmm. made by Tip O'Neill when it came <laughs> during Ronald Reagan's administration. He was like, "What? He does like what? Two and a half, three hours of work a day?" <laughs> and I'm just like, burr, 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 burr. I feel like there's more to the to being a president yeah. than work. But also, if you're the president and your day is two and a half, three hours, I, I think you should get there because at that time you have really mastered the art of working smarter, no, not absolutely. harder. Well, it's like a salary <laughs> job, right? Like some days. To the bare minimum. No, 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 no. I think you work smarter, harder. And like some days it's like I have a 10 hour, 12 hour day sure. and I'm working nonstop. Other days I'm like. Like, like when you go I'm to like, the summit. I'm done like, done like. Five hours of work, but there's not anything else I can really do at this time. When he when he finishes yeah. the summons. Yeah. So that was that was definitely a harebrained scheme because you had basically when they were talking about this, somebody went out there and they're like, you know what? It's so crazy, but it just might work. It just work. might work. And I just like Did it work? It 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 did in the fact that it is something that people mm-hmm. like bring up all the time sure. you hear people saying i miss the days okay hold on pause <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's pause for a second anybody that's listening to this and was born outside of the year or before no after 1990 has mm-hmm. no idea what we're talking about mm-hmm. um anybody born 1990 and on is is like what this isn't a thing yeah. that happens. Yeah. And we have to we have to clarify that. Times have definitely changed since a hundred years ago when 
you know, we... When you were born. When I was born, yeah. I was born 40 years ago. I'm just thinking to yourself, I made you 30 earlier. I know you said it. I'm okay. I am 40 years old. No, That's okay. That's I'm yeah. secure with my yeah. age. But what... Uh, I don't think that it's fair that I'm 40 years old because life went by really fast. No, but you turned 41 and then it really... Because you call that all the time like you're like 41. Well, I mean, that's just you because you're like always and forever going to be older. Well, I've also just been eternally old my whole life. You have (laughs) been. As a matter of fact, when way back in the beginning, when we first started dating, Mm -hmm. you were always talking about Maine. And how, I was, yeah. And how you were going to, like, be an old man in, in Maine. Maine. Yeah. And I'm just here as your best friend. You're old. Mm-hmm. Move to Maine. <laughs> I, I, no way. I don't want to move to Maine. I like I like the PNW. I know. You you like Seattle. Do you have any of your own harebrained schemes? Like, not do like you, you don't. I, you, you set that up. Yeah. Like, it's something that we have discussed and... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm pulling way out of left field here. No. That's how they come so, sometimes. They're just okay. Like, so, yeah. we, first of all, here is the thing about uncomfortable truths. So, we kind of, we kind of went over it in mm-hmm. the beginning yeah. about how you're, you like to know the full story. You like, mm-hmm. you like to get to know what actually happens, yeah. regardless of whether or not it makes you uncomfortable. And yeah. I am queen of the harebrained, like, <laughs> schemes Mm -hmm. because the fact that we live in Seattle was a harebrained scheme of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that we live in this house in West Seattle Mm -hmm. was another harebrained scheme Mm -hmm. of mine. And um, I think I just need to make sure that like I'm accepted in society as a harebrained schemed idea, Mm -hmm. man, person, thing. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't matter if, if, if you have harebrained schemes, you're accepted. I have this huge idea um, that, as like the biggest ever harebrained scheme, is to buy a freaking RV and like go on this super extended like road trip Mm -hmm. for like a couple of months. Like pack up the dogs, hell, pack up the cats, like our kids, and like go and tour like all of the states. I like think it would be really awesome to visit all 48 continental uh, U.S. Mm -hmm. states and kind of do, like, all of the super fun things in every single state. So, like, visit the number one, like, rated brewery Mm -hmm. in the state and, like, try the best ice cream and go to the amusement, like, the the biggest amusement park and stuff like that. And I just think that would be super fun to see, like, what all... Like the states have to offer. Like if you looked at a if you looked at a map and you saw like every state is known for like one thing. Obviously, there's a bunch of things, but like when I think of California, I automatically think of like Hollywood. Um, when I think of Nevada, I think of casinos. You know. Really? No, I don't. I think I, I was no, going to say that no, doesn't no, sound like you. When I think of yeah, when I think of Nevada, I think of aliens. <laughs> but like, I'm saying, I don't like, know who you're people, trying like, to yeah. impress. Garcia. No, 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 no. <laughs> when I yeah, when I think of every state, I think of one thing. Obviously, there's probably a lot of other things about it, but you know, that, I think that's kind of what we're talking about. Like, where's that one thing that stands out that we go visit and check it out? No, I just think it'd be like super yeah. fun, like. Totally record record the whole entire yeah. oh, thing yeah. and like like post it on YouTube and be like, here's our road trip. We took three months off mm-hmm. from work 
and we bought an RV mm -hmm. and we just drove around and we tried all these things. Like I like wanna like like I don't know like you always hear hear me out. This is how we're, it always starts. We're, this is how it always starts also <laughs> with, a, with a harebrained idea. It's like, okay, just, just hear me out. Hear me out. Um, I, I, I want to try the best burger in every state. Because, mm -hmm. like, whenever I'm on Facebook and there's, like, BuzzFeed and stuff like that, it'll be like, these are the 50 best sandwiches in every single state, yeah. you know, in all of the U.S. And I want to try them all. So I get... Maybe it's because I like to judge. Mm -hmm. So I want to be like, Ugh, you you think this is the best sandwich? You think this is the best sandwich? You have not yeah. had one of my You have sandwiches. not had one of my sandwiches, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think it would be, like, super fun oh, to yeah. do. Like... I don't know. I'm I'm just like looking for excuses no, to go I, to like Joshua Tree. I think and it's I like, think, yeah. Like visit like weird things and like I don't know. I didn't realize that I needed a magnet that showed that I went to like Roswell, New Mexico, but like maybe I maybe that's what's missing in my life. You went to Roswell, New Mexico and all you got was this implant. <laughs> well, because there's only so much room in an RV mm -hmm. and also I don't want like 50 billion tchotchkes. No, 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 for sure. I'm 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 and if I'm the, really into experiences. Yeah, collecting right experiences. Now. Like, I'm not a <laughs> super materialistic person. So, anyways, here's how it's going to happen. We're going to be sponsored by somebody. Naturally. So, somebody want to sponsor Cloudburst. We're actually I'm bringing drinking, this out right now. Like, just I, to, yeah. I, <laughs> I am asking you once again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I just, I we need to be sponsored. So, people will sponsor us. Um, somebody will give us an RV. And um, we'll figure out how to get paid. Mm -hmm on the road. Mm. I think I have the beginnings of an amazing idea. But no, like it is it is there are no holes. You, no, you have there there are incredible <laughs> mental holes. Um but you've come up with really good ideas before and and we've looked at them and like what is the dynamic we always talk about? Like you're the idea man and I kind of execute. Yes, we yeah. are we are the best the best team. I don't know. I just I am the queen of hairbrained schemes and so I just feel like it can happen it totally can happen it can we'll make it happen that's the thing things can normally happen if if it's a concept you can probably do it if you put enough effort into it um and and you'll never know if it can happen or it can't happen if you don't try but like let's be honest can you imagine Lex and Lucia like on this trip like I think they would be like really into it for like think about like how excited they get when I'm like let's take a road trip to Oregon mm -hmm. like just going to Portland mm -hmm. and we haven't been able to do that in a long time because even if we did that we'd have to quarantine mm, yes. for like an entire week and I can't afford you're, you're the one yeah I can't you would have to quarantine I can't afford yeah. that with work right now so um but like they're well, now hang on for a second. Sure. I'm like talking myself out of it. So, do you remember like two you years You do that ago, a lot also, just so people know. You really oh, I talk, talk myself out of, out of everything. Like, you, I I could talk myself out of marrying Joshua Carter yeah. from Fanagram, even though he is my number one celebrity crush. Mm -hmm. And I just, I feel like we are meant to be. Mm -hmm. I feel like he, 
he needs an air dancer in his life. If you guys aren't familiar with it, what an air dancer is, mm -hmm. um, it's those those dancing things outside of car dealerships that like fling their arms around yeah. and stuff like that. That's what an air dancer is. Yeah. And David describes me as an air dancer because <laughs> I am the quintessential free spirit and like dude for reals. Like FML if you let me into your life because I am the textbook mm -hmm. definition of like a free spirit. And yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like you, you and Joshua could start a club <laughs> mm -hmm. about like surviving being married to, to me mm -hmm. and all of mm -hmm. my harboring schemes. Maybe it would be an exclusive club. An exclu yeah, very exclusive. Very like, exclusive. Like the, not unlike Full Circle, the <laughs> <know>. President's Club. <laughs> they went through some of the hardest things they'd ever been through in their lives. And you and Joshua can, like, bond mm -hmm, over mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And just, I'm a lot. Yeah, I really are. Um, <laughs> but you're the best. So, yeah, the RV, um, it's, it's so we need sponsorships. So we're just kind of putting our stake in the ground right now, yeah. just letting everyone know, like, this may come up every once in a while, because, you know, um, at some if point. we're going to make this it's gonna happen, happen uh -huh. um, I just like I want to I want to make sure that when this happens that we can still keep doing everything that we have planned. Mm -hmm. So we started this podcast. I want to make sure that we can like like you know still mm -hmm. do this podcast and that would be like a lot of fun to be like hey guys, we're here in the Colorado mountains. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a goat right there. There's a goat and and I've named him Totes. Mm -hmm. Totes. And we're here. What's to his talk last name? The goats. Okay. Um, and so we're here to broadcast the podcast. So I think yeah, I guess we'll we'll I, I don't I think we're still kind of gonna even figure out like how we'll often figure we'll do it this. Out. We'll figure like, it we're out. Gonna like, play by ear. Is there gonna be an uncomfortable truth and a harebrained scheme every single episode? I don't know. I don't that know. seems we'll like see a lot of work and a lot of research and if we know anything about me mm -hmm. it is i just can't be bothered but if we know anything about me i will research it until i wake up at like 4 a.m like i just hey. like i like when you research and you tell me all mm -hmm. the stories and then i form my opinions True. based off of my very limited knowledge from mm -hmm. reading headlines on twitter mm -hmm. and like you telling me a story, and yeah. then I come up with my opinions, and I stick by them. <laughs> That's how it works. So, but, like, again, like, I think, going back to the whole thing, where, whether or not we'll have harebrained schemes and uncomfortable truths, we'll have to play Little by ear, but, like, I think I think we can figure out something. Just, just, just tune in. Yeah. Maybe not even every week. I don't know. When it just That's what we're trying to is, figure out. We're trying to figure out, is it going to be a once-a-week thing? Um, just, I don't know, just like... On the next episode, we actually next, have an RV. On a very <laughs> special episode. The next episode people tune into, we're actually in the RV already. They're like, wow, I feel like we missed a few steps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So, I think that One whole it. hour, like, I mean, one hour of talking is really not that hard for us. No, that's like... That's like that's us like having the coffee version. together. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, that's the other thing. 
here's what I want you guys to do. So here's a challenge. I don't know if I'm going to do this every single time. We're still figuring out things. Look at how long it took Bailey to get her theme song up. Shana 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 Shana. We do need a theme song. Shana 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 We do need a theme song. We have to come up with a theme song. Um, but it took her a long time mm-hmm. to get there. So it's going to take us some time to get to, the theme song. To get the, Get those. I think it needs to be something like uniquely like us and not just something like I found this free song. True. You know? Hey. Yeah. It's uncomfortable truth. Yeah. Like, and the background the background is just going, uh I, I just did you not I hear heard. what I just created? I it was a thing of beauty. Yep. Like Spike Jones is gonna ask me to score his next movie. So hairbrained or no, uncomfortable truths and hairbrained schemes. Mm-hmm. We're here. Maybe every week. Maybe just. It's gonna like we'll figure. I don't know. It'll just get, like it'll get keep a checking. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get it together. We're yeah. gonna have like an Instagram. We're gonna have Facebook. There there may be some Instagram lives, some Facebook lives. I don't know. Maybe yeah. we'll have some guest stars. Yeah. I don't know. We also have jobs, so we have to kind of that balance is true. That. We have to do we do work? We have serious jobs. Yeah. What do you do, Maggie? That is an excellent question. I allegedly, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't like my title at work because I do more. Okay. So we're just going to, we're going to use quote unquote industry, which I have an issue. Can I go on my, my uh, tangent? Yeah, answer the question first though. Oh, te- well, I guess to put it into simple terms for mm-hmm. people to understand, I guess technically you could categorize me as a loan officer. Mm-hmm. I work in a credit yeah. union. I'm sorry, officer. Was I doing it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not no, no. A loan officer. Yeah. Like if you want, if you live in Washington State and you own property that's mm-hmm. in Washington State, and mm-hmm. you're interested in refinancing, like come hold at you, girl. Mm-hmm. Like okay. I will send you on my business card. Nice. Let's let's okay. get. Let's uh, let's get some money. All right, there you and go. then you're like, I don't know, you're like Chandler from Friends. <laughs> you have told me what your job yeah. is like twenty times, and I don't understand it. Yeah, I'm a program manager, and I I work in in technology for relatively large for e-commerce. the small startup. Yeah, he works for Amazon. <laughs> These opinions are my own and do not represent anything about my company or anything else. All right. I think that's it. Do you have anything else? No. This was fun. You will slowly get to know us more and more Mm -hmm. over the upcoming weeks because David and I can't shut up about talking about ourselves and... Really, we just need you guys to love us. No, so, and, and I have been actually out of an office around people for so long. You don't get to like talk really to people. Up. Yeah. I have to talk to people all day because mm-hmm. I work in public. Yeah. But hopefully you enjoyed this. Yeah. And we will hopefully see you next week on our next episode of Uncomfortable Truths and, and... Brain Schemes. Bye.